2: Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt, and I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. Hello, snowflakes. How you doing, Steve? I'm good. It's been a uh,
3: it's been an exciting week in uh, in Brexit. And, we- week
2: um... after week after week, oh, uh, it just gets more and more bonkers, now, doesn't it? We we really the, the game is it's in it's like Fergie time. The game is a foot, and goodness me, the uh, game is afoot. Uh, a
3: foot. The game is a foot. Sherlock Holmes used to say he did or Michael Foot? <laughs> Did he used to say that? He was game Yeah Game for a On laugh yeah, yeah
2: So there you go Okay
3: so that works Yeah
2: good So we will of course get to the news And there's tons of it um, Jerry's going to join us We're going we're to have a chat about um, that, our, our little speaker Yes Little speaker Yeah like I don't mean one of them Tiny <laughs> box <laughs> I don't mean one of them One of them very expensive The Bluetooth things I don't mean one of them I mean John Burkow John Burkow, don't
3: have a Burkow <laughs> Don't have a Burkow, a lot of people what have What an interesting man he, he is, John so Burkow delve. With his woodstock from Peanuts hair We're going to delve back in time a little
2: bit on uh, Mr Burkow Now once upon a time we put him on a plinth in the New European We did, yeah His little legs dangling over the edge He's Plinth John He was <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> So we're going me and Jerry are going to have a chat about him Because he's had quite the week, hasn't he? Um, but he's been sort of
3: knocked into a cocked hat by what has followed, hasn't quite, he? Quite, but he got his 15 minutes, didn't he? Yeah. Which he likes. He enjoyed it, but did you enjoy him in his multicoloured jumper being harassed in the I street? I have to
2: say I thought that was a little bit harsh, but me and Jerry will get to that. Good, OK. So um, I don't need to talk no, about No, that was me saying just be quiet, Steve. OK. Yeah. <laughs>
3: It's not just thrown together, this podcast, by the way. Just imagine what we, how chaotic it's going to be when we're doing this live. I'm going out the night before as well. I'm going on the lap.
2: Oh, my it's goodness. It's not going to be good, is it? Oh, my goodness me. Uh, well, let's talk about that. Yes. Because on the 7th of April, yes. at The Light in London, yes, you can come along, dear listener. Oh, oh, me? No, no yeah, you're, you're definitely... Oh, you, I'm must, coming. you have to come along. OK, good. <laughs> because just me doing stand-up for an hour is not going to be any good. No. Um, To to see us live. The new European podcast will be part of Podcast Live, which is a whole day of uh, really great political podcasts. Um, And and we are part of it. I think we're on at half eleven. We are on at half eleven. They're saving the best
3: till 1st.
2: Yeah, yeah half-11 half at night, I presume. It's like the Glastonbury headline slot, yeah?
3: No. No? no. no OK, no.
2: it's the hangover slot, right, first thing in the morning. Very much so, yeah. Half-past 11. Um, we, I think we're up against uh, Delimpol, Delimpod. Oh, are we? Oh, great, OK. But so that'd be an obvious... Uh, I mean, it's a good way to split the uh, Leavers and Remainers. Yes, that it one, is, isn't yeah. it? So come along and see us. Uh, the tickets are £12, or you can get a day pass for £30. That means that you get to go and see the other... Podcasts as well. Everything else. Uh, BBC will that, there'll be Pod. better
3: people on than us. Oh, I won't go
2: that far, but there'll be some OK yeah, stuff on after half past 12 when we finish. Uh, BBC's Brexit podcast. Yeah, um, those pesky Romaniacs. The Romaniacs, very good. Of course, The uh, Telegraph are, right. and The Times are there Brexit as well. Cast. Yes. Yes, uh, and Tracy Emin is doing podcasts. I'm not entirely sure why Tracy is, but I'm. I'm, looking, I'm going to try and meet oh, no, her.
3: No, I'm a great fan of Tracy
2: Is uh, it in, okay? In actually, I, I should actually it's not okay to bring us. anything along between no. us. Between us, right? Between, us. I'm a bit of a
3: fan of, of modern art, right? I'm, yeah. And it, are you going to bring an old sock and ask her to sign it or something like that? N- no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what I thought is you're not going to bring your Betty Blue video and <laughs> ask her to sign
2: my bag. Yeah, yeah. uh, can I lend this to you, it. <laughs> No, well what I thought was I could get some a nice piece of, you know, art paper. Yes. I'm not gonna go into art paper here on the pod, but I could get a nice piece, reasonably cheap, yeah. nice pencil, and just say, Could you just if I just pause, could you sketch me? Yes. And then sign it me. Can you do that to artists? I'm
3: not sure you can. And then stick it on your face. I'm not sure. I think the response would probably be <laughs> the same as that response on that, that panel show, at the uh, panel show, yes, there, yes. whatever it was. After dark, was it? <laughs> yes, it was. Like like that. That. F*** off, I want to see my mum! <laughs> all
2: right, fair enough. Well, I won't do that. Maybe I'll just take a quick selfie. Yes. Is that all right? Will she post for selfies, do you think? She will do, yeah. I think her her section of the party is called How I Got Here. So I'm, I think it might be her going...
3: Well, she only lives in... Um, Bus. Yeah. <laughs> and then walks off. <laughs> she only lives in Spitalfields, doesn't she? Or she used to. I so um, it's, if... not, it's not far. You could walk it. Maybe, maybe she just walks it. I don't know.
2: But that, that will certainly be worth seeing. But so, she is great, yeah. She'll be lots of fun. Let me go back to the tickets. Tickets are £12 if you want to just come and see us. If you want a day pass, they're £30. If you want to take a date, it's two tickets for £50. And uh, those day passes, of course, get you entrance into all the main room sections, etc., etc. You, dear listener, can save ten percent by using the offer code Europe ten. That is Europe one zero. Yeah, Europe ten. Uh, so head over to www.podcastlive.com. dot com. We got some stats back telling us how many tickets we already sold, and we're doing pretty well. We are doing. We're well. doing pretty well. So go and buy them tickets and come along and say hello. And afterwards, Steve has said he's going to take us all out yeah, down we'll do, the we'll, Ivy we'll go for, for lunch. Drink, yeah,
3: we'll go for a little drink. Yeah.
2: <laughs> We can go for a beer afterwards. So that's going to be lots of fun. April 7th, check it out. Now
3: then. Now. News. The events of the week. Events of the week. Well, shall we just fast forward to Theresa May, or do you want to discuss anything well, else? Well,
2: I think let's just go have a quick uh, uh, go through, because or, 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 I wasn't allowed to, or, to talk, we'll, talk about John no,
3: Burkow. No, well, we're just going to go over that. We probably need to mention it. So
2: okay. we all woke up on Monday expecting MV3, yeah, Meaningful Vote 3, at some point this yeah. week. Um, and then John Burkow said No. No. So this is something that we have uh, spoken about on this podcast previously. Yes. About how if you want to bring the same vote, you've and got to
3: change the was A traitor, wasn't he? According to some of the newspapers. I've told
2: you you're not allowed to talk about him. Okay. Um, but you've got to change the you've got to change the uh, bill that's before house. I'm not, is the word significantly or substantially? I think substantial. I think. But I don't think it, I don't think really it has to be that substantial no. actually. But it has to be more than changing a lift to a but or a yeah. 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 Uh th- you know, I've moved that comma, I've removed that subordinate clause, there was a capital letter missing in yeah, some sub- clause thirteen exactly. B. That's not good enough. Yeah. No. Uh so she was told she couldn't have the vote again. Spanner in the works.
3: Yes. Um so um and She we sh- immediately retreated and thought about her terrible conduct mm-hmm. over the the last two and a half years. And then she came back with really sensible proposals, taking us in a new direction which would build a nationwide consensus both in Parliament and in the country at large. And now we back to May. Now we're yeah, back. <laughs> but she so didn't actually do she that, didn't did do she? That. No. In she fact, just went back. She, got, she looked very cross and she stomped back to her lair. She was very upset about this, of course. Um, you know? She
2: has voiced her absolute determination. Yeah. Uh, the MPs should have another chance to vote on the deal. Uh, even if it does come back, it's not going to be a great deal different. No. Her hope is that the, enough MPs will be spooked... Yes. Um, ..and they will go for it rather than either risk no Brexit, if they're a, a lever, or a no-deal Brexit, yes. if they're p- possibly a bit more soft on Brexit or, indeed, a Remainer. Now, that could still happen... Yes. ..because... Theresa May uh, it looks likely as we speak now um, the uh, Theresa May is in Brussels chatting to her good friends in the EU yes. um, and asking for an extension to be granted to the 30th of June Now that's a significant date do you know why Steve? Uh, Is it my
3: birthday? Is it your birthday? No, it isn't. Oh, right. Well, it is... The 30th uh, of June is the last day uh, before you have to take part in the European elections. Correct.
2: So, well, I think the 1st of June is when when Parliament, um, when the European Parliament sits for the first time. So you wouldn't have to be... You could still leave the EU up to that point. Yes. You wouldn't have any MEPs. Right. So so really, actually, the the deadline is somewhat sooner than that, isn't it? Because the elections, I think, are the last week in May. That's right. 22nd of May, aren't they? Correct, so... Um, is, this
3: like, is this a quiz? I'm doing well, aren't You I? are doing well. Yeah.
2: What else happens last weekend in June?
3: Is it your birthday? Nope. I don't know. I don't know. That's, me, what are the, 30 30 that's, the, that's the one that I've been trained... What is the meaning it? of life? <laughs> that's what I've been trained to answer <laughs> in my role as memory man and Russian spy. <laughs> so, anyway,
2: Theresa May is proposing this extension to the 30th of June. Yes. What do we think about that?
3: Did she have any other choice, Steve? She didn't have any other choice. Uh, well, she could have gone long, couldn't she? Two but, years. But the Brexiteers threatened to go on strike. Yes. So, so once, when they is, have had one, what do they call them? Bins with fires in. Exactly the brazier. Yeah, the, the brazier. Would, brazier. Would they
2: have had one of them. Outside? So they have had them.
3: <laughs> and and sh-
2: donkey jackets. scab, scab. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maurice Morg would have, have been shouting. Oh, I'd love that. Black leg.
2: That would have be been great.
3: Um, and um, <laughs> so, uh, so we. That, the threat of that was avoided. The, they, they didn't threaten to actually go on strike. Did they? They threatened to go on a vote strike. Um, which would have left Theresa May susceptible to all kinds of terrible mm-hmm. things, like actually uh, listening to what people in this country really want to happen. But instead, she chose to side with the Brexiteers once again. Another, mm-hmm. another terrible error by Theresa May. There.
2: Interesting point, that because, of course, at uh, uh, Cabinet on uh, Tuesday morning, was it Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning? Anyway, Cabinet at some point this week, yeah, a dollar I don't, all know don't know my if name you drink anymore. As much as you do. <laughs> yeah, quite. Uh, the um, Ledson was very outspoken and so said, "This is no longer a Remain. Uh, it's no longer a Leave cabinet yeah. that was set on on delivering Brexit. This is a Remain cabinet. So yeah. then Theresa has to do something Leavey, exactly something Brexity to prove that's not the case.
3: So instead of the nine month extension that most people had been uh, talking about, we uh, we went to this thirtieth um, of um, June extension, and uh, and now it looks like we will have to have the business wrapped up even." Before that, so. Well and then, done.
2: and then, she did one of her. She's had a. She doesn't like a week to pass, really, does she, without bringing that lectern out? No. So, there was much whenever this happens, uh, Twitter goes, oh, she's yeah. going to resign, she's going to resign, she's going to resign. And pretty much any Prime Minister prior to this one would have resigned many moons ago. Yeah. But Theresa May is going nowhere. Uh, she said, and we'll talk about the reaction to this as well, which I think is very important. Yes. Afterwards, uh, she said. Of this, I am absolutely sure. You, the public, have had enough. Yeah. Of the new European podcast. (laughs) You are tired of the infighting, you're tired of the political games and the arcane procedural rouse, tired of MPs talking about nothing else but Brexit when you have real concerns about our children's schools, our National Health Service, knife crime... You want this stage of the Brexit process to be... All things which
3: Theresa May has made considerably worse, <coughs> by
2: the way. Quite possibly. You want this stage of the Brexit process to be over and done with. I agree. I'm on your side. It is now time for MPs to decide. Steve, what were you taking? It's, it, I mean, incendiary stuff, really. I mean, really hard line uh, stuff. I was pretty shocked by it. Yeah. <coughs> uh,
3: I mean, this began, didn't it, on in the, in the Commons earlier yeah, that day when absolutely. she said, uh, this house is wants to carry on contemplating its navel on Europe, failing to address the issues that matter to our constituents. The British people deserve better than the House has given them so far. Also, in, when she did get elected out, she also said, Parliament has done everything possible to avoid making a choice. Motion after motion, amendment after amendment have been tabled without Parliament ever deciding what it wants. All MPs have been willing to say is what they don't want now. Yeah. We are used to Theresa May being incompetent, <laughs> <Yeah>. stubborn, <laughs> mendacious. Mm. Now we are in a position where Theresa May is desperate, yeah. dangerous, disgusting. This, to me, um, well, I think this is a significant... Wednesday, I think, it is, is a hugely significant day in the, the history of this entire uh, mess. Uh, and, to, and a day when, you know, Theresa May, the woman who talked about the Conservatives being the nasty party, there is one nasty party um, in, who emerged on, on Wednesday, and it is Theresa May. Theresa May there behaving like a headmistress who puts in place no lesson plans for her entire school, no homework, no revision, and then when the children... Um, uh, fail their exams she gathers the parents together and says that it was all the kids fault mm. uh, uh, just uh, just disgusting I thought uh, well, I think an, it's been an appalling sorry. thing to to put the blame onto MPs we've already seen what has happened to Joe Cox as a result of absolutely this is a result of the Brexit campaign let's 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 not sugarcoat it Anna Subri, Dominic Grieve; these people have all had death threats. Andrea Leadsom has had a death threat mm. from the other side, from mm. the uh, from from our side, reportedly. Yeah. Which, well, she, well she's the, she's def- I, the the letter's been sent. Yeah, um, and, and, and it's it's certainly, absolutely not, certainly, disgusting. no one who, who at,
2: we would want to place ourselves alongside a nutter, um, yeah. and not and not not any part of any movement we're involved in. And we're,
3: and we're at a stage now where, the, before Theresa May made these interventions and started blaming all of this on MPs we are at a stage where the Deputy Speaker of the House of Commons, Lindsay Hoyle, who is responsible for security, has to write to MPs and say that the Sergeant of Arms uh, has arranged for black cabs to pick MPs up from within the... the, 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 So they don't have to go outside Mm, in the mm, street. mm. So they're having to bring black cabs into the Westminster estate, the security into the Westminster estate to protect MPs. They've been told to share cabs to where they're going. Um, th- th- they've also said that police are on alert to protect MPs. Um, and, uh, and and John Burko on Thursday morning has to stand up in the House of Commons and, and say to MPs, in my view, none of you are traitors. And, yeah. and so we're in that position, and the Prime Minister who is in charge of this is, is telling the country that it's all the MPs' fault and they should have a, a bucket... <coughs> Uh, passed over them, and it is just revolting. I well, I agree completely. They're absolutely with, revolting. With everything
2: now. you say, just because, just because she has brought something before the house doesn't mean that uh, it, it, if the house disagrees with her, it doesn't make them at fault
3: no of course. um
2: they 're trying they 're trying to make it better, or you know I would agree that in some cases they 're trying to make it worse, but it, you know that 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 is how this has
3: worked for a very long time and it 's worked pretty well up until now but it 's not just the you know it 's not just our side that she's having a go at. no them, no, no, no 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 it's it 's the brexiteers and yeah. you and I may disagree with the brexiteers yeah, and we yeah. may think that the brexiteers yeah. are stupid or we may think that the brexiteers are you but what know, is the wrapped point? up in their own self interest but but they are putting a point of, they're elected representatives and they are elected to put a point of view across their point of view and to represent, you know
2: the whole point is, you know, right the way through this we've made fun of uh, Brexiteers yes, but I don't think we've ever told them they're not allowed to have that view no um, you know, we have we have outlined and highlighted their shortcomings and nonsense on numerous occasions, but we've never said you're not allowed to be silly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the whole point of a democracy is that you are indeed allowed to do that. I, I want to focus on, there's been some great quotes this week, and I've pulled a few out, and I think, relating to Theresa May's speech, West Streeting said, her speech was incendiary and irresponsible. If any harm comes to any of us, she will have to accept her share of responsibility.
3: Oh, I mean, that's... That's extremely what powerful, an extraordinary
2: isn't it? thing to say about a sitting prime minister. It really uh, is. Lisa Nandy, who was all this I mean, was great. Yeah. Lisa Nandy's been been close to voting. I think for Theresa yes. May's deal, um, she says that it was dangerous and reckless. Um, I've got another here from um, uh, this is from Yvette Cooper who, again has been very thoughtful um, throughout this uh, entire thing. Uh, truly shocking, this is a Prime Minister in a, in a worse state of denial refusing to listen to anyone, just still doing the same thing again and again no plan, he heading stubbornly towards a cliff edge David Lammy, Theresa May's attempt to put Parliament against the people on Brexit is sinister it is the populism of Steve Bannon and Donald yeah. Trump history will judge her brutally, our country deserves so much better than this
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so they are furious Brexiteers are furious, Remainers are furious the the Theresa May's colleagues in the cabinet or subordinates in the cabinet are, are also furious. Imagine, imagine that you are yoked, you know, behind this woman, and you've been there supporting her or, you know, not stepping too far out of line for all of this time, and now you get to a position like we got to, on Wednesday afternoon, mm. where Donald. Tusk, Tusk, whatever, however you like to pronounce the name of the um, European Council president, is there saying, well, look, it's it's Theresa May's deal now or no deal, basically. Mm. That's what we come mm. on to, whether it really is that mm. in a second. But anyway, it's Theresa May's deal or no deal. That's what you've got to decide. And that, you know, you would have thought that that w- would concentrate the mind. Mm. But a few minutes before, Therese, before Donald Tusk said that, Theresa May was there in the House of Commons laying into MPs for expressing mm. their view. Mm. Um and and then she went on to compound the error. Uh, uh there you go and uh and you know once again it is another it just shows you that Theresa May is, is fatally flawed. She keeps mm. miscalculating. Mm. You know let's we, we don't even need to talk about the things that she did uh in, uh, as Home Secretary and in other uh, appointments that she's had, just you know, she we know that she triggered Article Fifty far too early. She should be about to trigger it
2: <laughs> if that's what. If we were doing an orderly Brexit, exactly,
3: this negotiation still, should have happened. We're still deciding then. on she what we have. actually what our stance <coughs> is. So we're still. So she did that. You know, the biggest mistake for me is that she on she was voted in as Tory leader and therefore Prime Minister, she interpreted a narrow win yeah. For, yeah. Uh, for leave as a mandate for hard Brexit and yeah. insulted, began insulting 16 million people uh, and told us that we were all citizens of nowhere mm. and we had to get with the programme. And then of course the, the terrible miscalculation of the general election which has left the parliamentary agreement, uh, 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 the parliamentary mathematics rather, in the, in the, the state that it's in now. Uh, where we have to keep bribing the DUP. I,
2: I mean, I think that... I, well, and she's
3: still not... And, and she because of this latest miscalculation, she's not going to get this through. No. Oh, we will look back on this, I'm sure,
2: uh, in, in on this podcast in weeks, months to come. Um, but I think at the end of the day, my view now on the biggest mistake she made was politicising the Brexit process. Mm. Um, it was. It was already. It was. It, it, the the shockwaves of that through our our whole system have been huge. So what should have happened? Uh, but, you know, as soon as the uh, referendum was was called, actually, it was an agreement that afterwards, that the the whole process, if it was indeed to be a leave vote should be handled by some kind of cross-party committee. Yes. Therefore, it wouldn't have been uh, politicised, there wouldn't be the the need for leaders to whip votes and things like that. Obviously, it would still have to go through Parliament, and there could still be issues, but at least all the fire wouldn't be fire- wouldn't be shot directly at one political leader or whatever. I mean, that, w- well, that yeah, would have been yeah. the most sensible thing to do. And, of course, as I said before, putting a time limit on this entire thing from at that point was...
3: Utterly ludicrous. Yeah, and we should. I mean, we, that would have avoided the shutdown of, uh, of of other stuff as well. Absolutely. I've got Absolutely. to say, you know, as a recruiting sergeant for the, um, the the put it to the people march, which we will talk about shortly. Yeah. You know, th- th- there could not be a finer recruiting sergeant for that than, t- than Theresa May. And, um, Your country really does need you. Um, you know, and it's not a. It, there's no coincidence, is it, that a you know, I think it was a pensioner. I might be wrong, uh, but I think it was a pensioner put up on uh, on Wednesday afternoon this petition to revoke yeah. Article yeah. Fifty, yeah. which has been now been seized on by hundreds about, of thousands. Oh, it's about a million people. It, cra- it crashed the website. It crashed it? the website. Yeah. 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 Um, but luckily, though, I mean, maybe things will have calmed down by Monday when she does this, and maybe people will. Have had some time to reflect, but I, I think it's a, Theresa May has, has got this badly, badly wrong. Mm. And well, I agree. you know, and what's the what's the end game for Theresa May here? She's almost hinted, hasn't she, that if she that if she loses this and she has to go back and request a longer extension, she said, I don't I don't want to be the person who does that.
2: Yes, yeah, she's almost said this
3: is. She the, has said, I feel, don't want to be the person who does that. Feels so, like the end of her so It would feel like if she lost. The honourable thing to do... honourable thing to do, yeah. Could be the normal and honourable thing to do would be to resign as uh-huh. Prime Minister. Our Prime Minister made her excuses and left. Well, <laughs> I think um, we know what's going to
2: d- happen. But do you know what? Thank the Lord, thank
3: goodness... Yeah, thank goodness. for lasagna and beans, for lasagna and the food and stuff beans. of the gods.
2: Goodness for that. Thank goodness for something else as well.
3: Thank goodness.
2: Thank goodness that the opposition leader oh. is a sensible, yeah, yeah. Uh, right-thinking, considerate... Um, Cross-party
3: man, yeah,
2: because he would never storm out of a
3: meeting. Yeah, I've got to say, you know, it, it is in, in the it, next to, to to what Theresa May did on Wednesday, not refusing to go into a meeting with Chuck Ramuna is is pretty small beer. But for a man who has said that you know he wants to meet Hamas, Hezbollah, the IRA. <laughs> <laughs> all in the because of dialogue. Uh, yes, to turn down the, the chance to be in a room with Chakravarti Aminar because he's not a party leader is beyond pathetic. Okay,
2: I have to say that I think yes. All right, Theresa May's behaviour this week has been extraordinary, but Jeremy Corbyn is the worst of the worst when it comes to an opposition leader. He is he doesn't have the national interest at heart. For him to to his only interest is in one nation socialism, which, in my opinion, would be as catastrophic as Brexit. Probably will be for this country. Um, this we are at a moment of absolute crisis in this country, and we are looking for leaders. Yeah. And all we've got is Theresa May and Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn, who can't even be in the same room as Chuka Amuna. Yeah. I mean, imagine if we'd walked out of uh, of rooms before. I mean, there wouldn't be an Irish peace process. Um, you know, did Churchill walk away from meetings with uh, Joseph Stalin? I mean, you know, the, the, often you are going to if you have to work next to people. Im- imagine all of those things in politics that would never have been achieved without being in a room with someone you don't like. Yes, exactly. And he storms out. This we'd is no, what ch- we'd
3: never be doing this podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is true, <laughs> that is true. <laughs> It's very true It's so true It's
3: not We do like
2: each We other, do really. We do um, <laughs> the, um. This is what Chuka said And he was I think he was Genuinely shocked By uh, Corbyn's um, Reaction to him Being in the room um, he said it was extraordinary. He said he added, "We live in a, we are in we live in we are in a crisis situation where the people in this country expect their representatives from different political groupings in Parliament to come together and actually try to chart a way forward." I agree with him. I Ooh. do. Yeah. I think the majority of people do. I think it's really extraordinary for the leader of the opposition to behave in this very juvenile kind of way, when the moment demands that we all step up and engage in some serious dialogue to find a way through this chaos. He will have to explain his actions. The problem is, Jeremy Corbyn never explains his actions. No, he doesn't, and he, and he won't. He, uh, in fact, Labour said afterwards, "Not the meeting that had been agreed, and the terms were broken." Who on earth does know. Jeremy Corbyn think he is? I don't know. The but, man's
3: a joke. But he won't have to explain his actions because he, because of the sizeable amount of true believers in the Labour Party who um, who, who still love everything um, Jeremy Corbyn does and. and as we're um, and as we're doing this podcast, I'm just looking down at Twitter now. Uh, which I tend to do when you are <laughs> talking. talking. Yeah, um, that's how
2: I get all that and, stuff. Um, past. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
3: that's how I get through. Uh, basically, uh, maybe you should do it as well, listener. This is the good content. I'll tell you, you what I can do when I load it's the podcast. Like your bits are just because. Let me tell it to me as it's like the teachers in Charlie Brown. <laughs> let me Then when it stops, I start talking. Let me tell you, listener, about what
2: happens. Steve wanders in, does his little gags. Right, and then he wanders off, and do you know what? I then spend the next two or three hours cutting this pod, it together, it, making it beautiful, doing all
3: the professional. Because
2: the raw, the raw, um, the raw cut of this pod is about twenty-four hours long. <laughs> and then It's mainly just Steve coughing, Rumbling burping, drinking them. coke, talking about Daleks and spoons. and then I cut it down into the bits that I feel are worth listening to. Um, and, and, and by which point, Steve's off; he's gone home. But this week, what I'll do, Steve, just for you, is. When I, in the description, <laughs> I'll put in all the minutes where I'm speaking, and then people can go to Twitter while I'm speaking, and they can wake up again for you. That's it. That would be yeah. good. I'll, I'll do that, that for would you be guys. A public of
3: service. No problem. What I was, I was going to say, I just looked down, and, um, and 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 this is this is from a guy. Well, he's called Liam. Uh, he's at Stumberland, and he says all this. Corbyn will sit down with Hamas and Hezbollah and not Chucker." Hamas and Hezbollah are good, Chucker mm. isn't, mm. happy to clear this up. Right. And those are the sort of people there you go. that will keep those Jeremy sort of... Corbyn as I... the
2: leader of the Labour Party. You must be so proud, Mr Corbyn, I'm in de- my finish, opinion... And de- to
3: finish the Labour Party as a political, serious political in, force. In my opinion, you um, are as being. dangerous
2: as Brexit <laughs> itself. Uh, we should probably talk just briefly, because we're going to get on to the marches um, yeah. before we talk go about and chat nice. to Gerry. Yeah, the EU, I mean, do you think they're playing hardball and do you think they should be or do you think they're playing this right? How do you think it's going?
3: Well, I think it was a big uh, shock on Wednesday when having had a leak from Paris which suggested that Macron was going to oppose any sort of um, extension and mm. force Theresa May's hand, uh, Donald Tusk then came out and said, look, it's Theresa May's deal or, or no deal. His Sorry, listener, I'm just on Twitter. listener is just now, <laughs> he's now in tit-for-tat <laughs> exchanges he's looking at Twitter. <laughs> Uh, this, this is a rift now. This is going to be like a, a, a sort of a, a Sunshine Boys, uh, an odd couple-style uh, relationship, <laughs> a mismatched buddy uh, cop uh, comedy. Um, but, yeah, so Donald Tusk then came out and said, look, it's May's deal or it is no deal. And uh, I think we all panicked about that um, for a little while. I, I certainly think um, that the EU's position has always been, from the start... Uh, that they would only really talk about publicly the options on the table. So even though at the start they have said they said, "Look, we would be absolutely delighted if you changed your mind now yeah. or in the future." Yeah, they haven't said that at every press conference. They haven't said that every single time, have they? No. And, and that's because you know, and they've not also not said, "Well, you could have Norway." That's the other thing. They've only talked about the options that are currently on the table. Um, And so that's why Donald Tooth said it is this uh, and it is that. The idea that they would allow um, the clock to run down if May's deal um, is voted down on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday of next week and we would just exit. I I do not think that will happen. I think there will be some more intervention. well, maybe I'm a fool and a crazy dreamer, but I I, I don't think we have heard the last um, of that. If May's deal falls, perhaps not. You are a fool and a crazy dreamer.
2: Yes, uh, call me way. a fool.
3: Call me a crazy dreamer. But uh, again, as we know, you know that could that could be the end of Theresa May, which would be again would be significant. Um, significant, um, uh, you know, it could be uh, that would be a significant development, and the right thing to do then would be to pause. Uh, what we're doing. Here was some reaction from,
2: uh, from Europe Hiko Maas, who is the uh, is he the, a German foreign
3: minister? I think he is
2: Yeah. he said um, he said that if they were to extend the deadline then we would like to know why, why, why? Why, why, why? <laughs> yeah, not just once
3: <laughs> Thrice. Tell me why
2: um, You say why,
3: why, why I'm trying to think of a song with why, why, why Well
2: probably it? why by Annie Lennox
1: why?
2: Ah, 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 that's almost three whys. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Why, why, why? Why does your love hurt so much? <coughs> um, uh, France's foreign minister, with uh, my favourite name of the week, Jean-Yves Le Drain, yeah. and his plumbing
3: services. Really How <laughs> he laughs! Very good. <laughs> uh,
2: he said that Mrs May would need to convince EU leaders that any deal... Oh, sorry, any delay was to finalise the ratification of the deal already negotiated and that it won't be renegotiated. This is, I mean, that's yeah, a yeah, really yeah.
3: pertinent point, isn't it, actually? He sounds a bit down, drain. Right?
2: He does rather, right? doesn't he? He does. <laughs> Insee spider up mm. down his trouser leg. It's oh, a bit yeah. fruity, isn't it? It is a bit fruity. So let's talk about the marches and why we should all be getting on a train or a bus or walking, or walking uh, yeah. down to London on Saturday. Uh, yes. Now yeah. is the time to keep the pressure up, isn't it? The fight well, it this is fight, yeah.
3: not lost yet, people. No, all to all to play for and all to march for, as Alistair Campbell says in the print edition of the New European uh, this week. Have One, you got the details? Of One PM. Where it yeah, sets off correct. from from. Uh, Right, so the Hilton, isn't it, on on Park Lane? Oh, yep, like the Hilton. Sadly, Trader Vic's not open till five pm, so you oh. can't have a very expensive but very good cocktail in Trader Vic's. That's a shame. But if you leave your car there, I suppose you can. Mm. No, I don't. Think non-alcoholic. You yeah, you'd have to designate your drivers. Good. There's plenty of places you can
2: grab an, a nice drink. Well, on the I way was past. thinking
3: we could talk about this because yeah. because you know it will be. It will be about, I think it's about 12 to 14 degrees. It'll be cloudy. Yeah. So it'll be a bit overcast, so it could get a bit sweaty. There's about 15% chance of rain, I think, so it should be yeah, all right. It should be all right, yeah, yeah. It should be all right, but I always find, I don't know about you... Always when I always on, find this. But when you're on these things, yeah. hydration is very important, very isn't important. it? Very important, yeah. And yeah. man can... There's only so much of, of Adam's Ale that one man can, can drink... I like to drink a lot of water during the day, as you know. I'm, yeah, I'm drinking water now. I'm drinking water yeah. now. Yeah. But... At, at Why do you put your water in that vodka ball? I certainly... <laughs> I just find, you know... You don't get so many funny looks, do you? Um, um, but I think it's... We're, we're on that route yeah. from Park Lane to... So let's think, are we, are we going down Because there's not a lot of great Piccadilly? points around that. You're going down... Oh, we're going down onto the mile past... Yeah, you're snaking down through Pall Mall, aren't you? Right. And then, so you're going down there, and then you go down um, parallel to the... Or do you go down the Haymarket?
2: Right, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Um, and then you get on to the little bit at the bottom whose name I can't remember, and then you, you get into Trafalgar well, Square essentially, don't you? The <clears> bottom <throat> of Trafalgar Square.
2: Okay. So I'll tell you what, there's a few decent boozers you might have to just dash a few streets away. And the then old region. shades
3: on Whitehall, I would say, just just in that bit just before the start just at the start of Whitehall yeah. is actually quite nice. Yeah. There's a, there's a glut of very bad pubs around there. One oh, of which, there is. God, some one awful of which pubs is a big spoons, which is oh. called the Man in the Moon yeah. or something awful. like that. Awful place. Um, the old Shades has got a very small door inside. It's got a very beautiful yeah. bar. Yeah, yeah, it's, it. it's quite small, but it's a, that's a nice pub that is on the route. What about the because, one off? Because um, if you've not been on these things before, there will be a lot of stopping and starting. Yeah, yeah Especially yeah. in that bit, you know, to, just towards. I you know, to think um, of my f-
2: my favourite booze around there. I probably what's the one off German Street? Um... Is it the Green Man? I think
3: the Green Man. You know the one. I know the one you mean. Yeah, yeah. So that's
2: really nice, just off German Street. You could dash down German Street, couldn't you? you be could easy. Quick, and um, yeah. Quick pint outside there. Also, you might feel the
3: sea of N, mightn't near the call cool of nature,
2: especially people of of my exactly. sort of vintage. Exactly. And you don't want to get nicked for you don't want to get nicked on
3: a march for peeing no. on a street corner. Very much not. Definitely not. Um, and then when you get to Parliament Square. Where I think you know they're estimating that that will be sort of half two, three o'clock, aren't yeah, they? Yeah. Um I mean, you like the Red Lion, don't you? Which is uh, well, the one that's near uh, well, Downing Street. I
2: mean, it, the Red Lion is great. It's great if you've never been in. I think. Yeah. um I think it's what you know. It is a. It's an institution. Nigel um,
3: Farage is not likely to be there. He's not. The, well, it, it's the much March loved.
2: Much loved by hacks and spads. Uh, yeah. You, you, you see the odd MP, you won't see this on Saturday, but you see the odd MP in there. And I, I, they did have a division bell in there, uh, I don't think they do anymore, but they certainly did. Um, and they play the Parliament Channel, etc. But actually, if you go um, back towards um, uh, the other, uh, oh, what's the truth? St James's, put across from um, yes. the old um, Scotland Yard.
3: Yes. There is a pub there which I really like. Is it The Feathers? The fe- is that the one that we went to that time? Er, uh, did we? Uh, before in awards? Did we go there?
2: No, I don't think so. Don't know. This is not. This is not great pod. This it's is, not, it? is it. Did no. we got that pub? No. Oh, no wow. I can't remember. I that's a good pub. There used to be a pub called the Blue Boar uh, on on there, which was quite nice as well. But I think that's gone now. So welcome to our new podcast about pubs that used to be there and are no longer. And they're no
3: longer there. I mean, the one that I would normally go to if I was visiting my Shope's friends in the um, in the Houses of Parliament. Yeah, uh, who are few and far between. I've got to say, <laughs> I mean the St Stephen's Tavern, which is on the edge of Parliament uh, yeah, Square, that's quite nice. It's quite nice. You can stand However, outside. You can stand outside. Yeah. You can stand on the street with a beer. Yeah. However, the last couple of marches, Brexity. it has been the, small pockets of Brexiteers yeah. have yeah. been there, and it's been an okay atmosphere. But they have tended to, you know, there's, there's been a, a, a little gaggle of them, yeah. and you know, so you might want to avoid that. If you go in after the march, this is this is good, I, I could talk about pubs all day. Yeah, me too. And often do. If you go after the march, after this, the march and the speeches are done, um, going across the bridge towards Lambeth North Tube, there are some great pubs around there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tankard, which is yeah, I know what you mean. Which is near the Im- Imperial War Museum, yeah, so probably about yeah. fifteen minute walk away yeah, from. But worth it. Parliament Square is gr- a great pub, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the I think there's, it's called the Three Stags, which is just up the road from there, uh, near the the Tube station. is is very good if you want to eat. Yeah. Um. So, so there's that, lots of good pubs on the road. So right side of that's the what river, to that's do. The, the the thing will be to there'll be a lot of you. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is great news. Uh, the sign-ups are, we, you know, we've heard from Alistair Campbell, who's obviously been involved in the, in the planning of this. The sign-ups are ahead of last time. There are mo- more coaches than last <coughs> time. Mrs May has done us a favour. Yeah. It feels like it is going to be equal <coughs> to last time, if not bigger yeah. than last time. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll t- You mentioned some of your favourite pubs
2: um, south of the river there. I'll just tell you a little story about mine, because yeah, this might help people out. Um, when I first arrived in London, I was, uh, I was living on very um, scant wages. Yes, much like today. Uh, much like <laughs> in Norwich. Today, in Nor- yeah. It was, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I and I've and I've been living in the north of England, where it, I think my foot, you know, the pints were like quid eighty or something. And then I got <laughs> to got to London and was quite shocked by the price of beer, even though I'd been warned. Yes. Um, but my buddy, or my newfound buddy who worked on a newspaper with said, Oh no, I I I got a trick. He says, "Because he'd come down from the north as well. And he said, There's a really cheap place where you can get pints of beer, and it's great, it's on the south bank. Oh yeah. Um he says, I'll take you I'll take you there. I said, Oh great. So I met him uh, in the I met him in the political bookshop actually, oh, yeah, the, yeah. yeah. on the corner there by Westminster. And we walked over the bridge and I'd only been there in two or three weeks, so I'm still awestruck by London in all its majesty and beauty. And we go down the steps, as if we're going towards the aquarium. Yes. We go a little bit past the aquarium. Yes. And to Sega Gaming World. (laughs) (laughs) And this was the place? Where Sega Gaming World, between four and seven on a weekday, sold um, pints for £2.70, I believe. Amazing. uh, In plastic pint glasses. And that, for about three months, was the place where we used to go drinking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All the great pubs of London, and we were sat next to bleeping arcade machines there and people playing mini,
3: um, and mini Temple the Hedgehog. And, yeah. Fantastic! There you go. That is brilliant. So if you
2: need a pint, go to Sega Gaming World. It is London's finest boozer.
3: It's no longer open. <laughs> is it? Not? Like no. It's no. <laughs>
1: it's no. To be added to no.
3: the list of great pubs of London. Uh, no longer, uh, <laughs> which are no longer open. Oh. The Water Poet. By the way, but the yeah, oh, Liverpool Street Station yeah, is, yeah. Is, is closing down, um, which is one of the best pubs in London. It's closing on the 29th of March. Uh, if you've not been there, you should really go. It Pop is, in this is, Saturday. It is a beautiful old pub which is being destroyed by a new development of Norton uh, Folgate. It will now look like any other bit of London. It's an extraordinary pub. Go to The Water Poet um, if you can by the 29th of March. What a shame uh, um, that is. Um, talking but... of marches... yes. There's another march, isn't there, going on? And, yes. Um, and uh, and while tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of, of us will be in, in Parliament Square, the, the march, uh, the, the for the put to the people march, the march to leave, uh, will be skirting around the outskirts of Nottingham on uh, on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. It isn't the optics aren't going to look good for them, are they? Because. No. Because they have had they had a bit over a hundred for their launch day, which was on last Saturday. Nigel Farage was briefly there. Kate Hoey briefly there. Andrea Jenkins was briefly there. It was the weather was so awful that you almost felt sorry for them. Um, and uh, and and now they've had some injuries, some dropouts. They were only ever they told us there were only ever going to be a maximum of one hundred. We've seen photos that indicate that you know, in some stages they've been down to 30, 40 they say that the photos are misleading it's actually more like 80 or, or 90 um, yeah. and, um, but you know, it, it, the optics on on Saturday will, will not look good a, a, a spokesman for the March to Leave, uh, I spoke to um, uh, on earlier on in the week, and he said um, he said you know, it, it doesn't matter about the optics, it doesn't matter if there 's pictures of hundreds of thousands um in uh, in Parliament Square, and only sixty or seventy of us because we are connecting with the real people of the country, and that was the idea he said though he said um, he and he, he he did say i don't want to put the, down the people 's vote march and but they're only going to get people from the Westminster bubble to turn up and I went well that 's not really true, is it? People will be coming everywhere and he said yes Okay, there will obviously be there, people there from around the country, but I will hazard a guess that the core of the people will be from London, and that that really isn't true. Um, but I do feel a bit sorry for the people's vote marchers. Uh, fifty of them have paid fifty quid to madness. join in with this. I
2: mean, I don't mean I don't mean to be rude about them, but I mean it's and by saying by saying madness, I just think it's it's madness well, that this thing was ever even launched or started, or anyone was ever hoodwinked into getting involved.
3: Really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've been very clear. Uh, they were very clear to me that um, you know it was portrayed as a Nigel Farage march, but he was never really involved. Um, they did say he's going to be coming back on the march. Maybe he'll even be there on on the Saturday while everybody else is marching in London. Um, but he, they, they said it's. You know, it's a bit of a double-edged sword with Nigel. He tends to attract people for negative reasons as well as positive reasons. They did say that they've been overwhelmed by the support that they've had from ordinary people, um, and they, they they said that they've been offered a lot of beer in in pubs. But um, it does look like a, a sort of a fairly sad affair, doesn't it? It does really. A lot yeah. of old, a, a lot of sort of older people trudging down the hard shoulder of, of B-Roads while Nigel Farage is, is, is back in London uh, doing his um, doing his uh, LBC show. Um, but, yeah... Um, it's a fairly sad story first. Yeah, I noticed also, we were talking about Twitter, um, and I noticed also that when people started teasing uh, Brexiteers about the march to leave, um, one of them, whose name I don't have here, replied on Twitter, we don't even need to march we won democratically in June 2016. What part of that don't you understand? So I feel that the national discourse has really moved on. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. But good luck Indeed. to all the marchers, even the uh, even the march to leave march. Yeah, because
2: they are asking, actually asking quite a lot in that time frame of the yeah, march. Yeah, they are, yeah.
3: And they've not even...
2: Done, I mean, we better not tell them that Sega World's closed down. Well, I know, that's this where they're all cost. meeting up. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry will join us next.
0: Stay Angry fight brexit subscribe to the new european your first 13 issues of the new european are only 13 pounds when you join us and become a subscriber order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one or order online at our website www.neweuropean.co.uk stay angry fight brexit subscribe to the new european
2: geraldine scott
0: Good
2: afternoon. In a lovely shade of green.
0: Thank you very much. It's very nice. Thank
2: you. I'm not sure that's really... I'm not sure men are really allowed to comment on that. I've already been called your creepy uncle.
0: Yes, well...
2: But it is a nice shade of green. Thank you. Thank you you for bringing some calm to the podcast.
0: (laughs) It's been quite
2: a stressful 40 minutes or so with Steve.
0: You sound
2: exhausted. I'm exhausted. We got very heavy with Theresa May criticism and then did exactly the same for Jeremy.
0: Well, balanced, that's
2: what that's called. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, What do we think, though, of John Burkow, the Speaker of the House? Man of the Week. Man of the Week. Uh, I've asked you to do a little profile of him.
0: Yeah, he's really interesting.
2: Okay, is he?
0: Yeah, he really is. Okay, good,
2: Okay, good. (laughs) He's
0: so surprised. Tell
2: tell us a little bit about (laughs) his background.
0: Um, So, when I was looking into it, it was... It was really interesting. A lot of people have a lot of opinions. Yes. On the, on the speak. Um,
2: including the prime minister. Including
0: the prime minister. He's been in politics like thirty-seven years.
2: So about so.
0: So since he was a student.
2: So we, so. On what year did he enter politics then? Nineteen eighty-one.
0: Something like that. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-two. Yeah, yeah, right so
2: then. what were you doing back then?
0: Uh, not alive. <laughs> not <at> all. <laughs> ah,
2: yes. Yes, indeed.
0: Um. But he's had. Quite a remarkable range of views in that time.
2: Yeah, so this is really interesting. So talk us through some of those.
0: Yeah, so, you know, people change their views, don't they, from being students? Of course they do. If you look at any student union, you've got to change your views. Um,
2: Yes, quite.
0: But whilst it's quite normal for kind of really lefty students to go towards the centre... It
2: is, that's very normal.
0: John Berkeley kind of went from hard right to be at home with New Labour. Yeah. It's all a bit weird. He was... When he was 19... He was secretary of the Immigration and Repatriation Committee of the Monday Club. Wow. Yeah. Um, if you don't know what the Monday Club it's it's a group that basically wanted to halt um, Commonwealth immigration yeah, and had yeah. some pretty far right views. Absolutely. Um, funny little kind of bit of information. Later on, he then went on to say Conservatives should be banned from joining the Monday Club. Mm. Um, he also became the chairman of the Federation of Conservative Students. And they were pretty radical as well. They had um, they were pro-apartheid. Um, wow. And they were shut down by Norman Tebbett for running a Hang Mandela campaign.
2: Oh, my God. Is that right? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gee whiz.
0: So, um, yeah, a pretty far right start, I think we can say. Yeah. But by 2009, he was out there supporting Harriet Harman's equality legislation and... Diane Abbott's all black shortlists, so yeah. a bit of a change.
2: So, w- so w- why do we think this change happened? Because we certainly know his wife, a very co- colourful character, is is yeah. a bit of a lefty.
0: So that's what people tend to put it down to yeah. um, the kind of conversion to a new Labour way of thinking. It pretty much started after he married Sally, his wife. She's a Labour activist. Yeah. And um, she also moved from being um, pretty right to left. Is that right? As I well. didn't know that about. Yeah, her Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Okay. Really interesting. Um. So they kind of think it's it's around then. You know, he's taken a lot of flack for kind of supporting Labour members in the House and things like that. Um, and he takes great pleasure in upsetting Tory leaders as well.
2: She tied her ankle chain round his right-wing heart. There
0: we go. Very if anyone good.
2: knows what I'm talking about with that reference, please do tweet me. Do you, Jerry?
0: No. OK,
2: we'll put it out there okay, to the listener. Kids.
0: so please help me. Yeah. <laughs> um Yes, he's got the history of upsetting Tory leaders. He was sacked by Michael Howard in 2004. Um, Why? He said that Anne Whittakin was right to say that there was something of the night about him. (laughs) Is that (laughs) right?
2: What a great reason to sack someone. How dare you suggest I look like a horror character. Off the Uh...
0: front bench. (laughs) Essentially it. Um, And then he upset David Cameron as well. Probably highlighting that he was from, you know, that he went to Eton and supported fox hunting. that's yeah. was quite a traditional story because John Beck has actually got a pretty working class background as well, which uh-huh. is interesting. Um, and although it might not seem like it this week, he's generally quite popular with especially backbenchers because he does stand up for the house.
2: Absolutely, and he gives lots. Of, this is one of the reasons why PMQs now lasts not for the. Scheduled half an hour, but for closer to an hour, he He gives... He gets
0: ministers in. He
2: gets everyone to... to, Everyone gets to say their piece with John. um, Whatever you think of him. And, of course, the Tories have been smarting about this since the new Speaker was picked. Yeah. Because the convention is, if you don't already know, listener, is that it switches between the two main parties. Uh So, although the Speaker is deemed independent and um, no-one runs against them in general elections, for example, and they don't get a vote, um, in normal divisions, they uh, it, it tends to go Labour-Tory, Labour-Tory. Yeah. And, of course, there was a l- big Labour swell of backing for John Burkow <laughs> because it basically meant that it went Labour-Labor.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and <laughs> therefore, next time should again... You know, it's gone Labour-Tory, yes. it's, it's it should be Labour again. So three, basically three Labour speakers in a row. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't go down too well with the Tories, who were no great fan no, of no. Uh, John Burkow.
0: No, but, like I say... He does have pretty good backbench support because he does make sure everyone gets their time. He's quite you know, commonly interrupting people to calm MPs down yeah, yeah. and things like that. Take he's your medication, <laughs> sir. He's big in Europe.
2: He's, he's the only place he's big. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very tiny <tiny-looking>, little
0: man. <laughs> They've been doing all kinds of profiles on him in the European press. Yeah, they love um, him. They're obsessed with how he shouts order.
2: Yeah. I'm order! I'm not going to try
0: There we go. Um, there Division! <laughs>
2: That's my favourite.
0: The Washington Post did a profile on him wow. the other
2: day. He's a star.
1: He's
0: a celebrity. He is a star. Yeah, so that's that's who he is, and quite important at the moment, obviously.
2: Well, he's had some week. Um, we, uh, I, I've, I've got a couple of John Burkhouse stories. Mm-hmm. I actually went to a do at the speaker's house. Did you? Uh, in his sort of flat in in Westminster. It was an Amy Winehouse foundation. Do I have no idea, no idea. You're looking at me confused. I've no idea why I was invited okay. either. <laughs>
1: um, but
2: I went along and um and he was he did a very good speech. It was all very nice, very pleasant. I also actually know a chap who used to be one of his members of staff, he used oh, to right. carry his gown around. Yeah. Um and there was of course allegations, not that I can stand up or as anyone has ever said to me about him being quite robust with his staff behind yeah. closed doors. Yeah. Him and his wife have been very controversial. I was working at the Evening Standard, in fact. Um and we, would, we were fairly uh, scratching around trying to get a page three. Now, a newspaper, the way we, the newspapers are laid out, you try and find something that's a bit more light, a bit more interesting, not hard news on page three. Yeah. Give them a break from the front.
0: Something with some interesting pictures.
2: And uh, the ES magazine, which went out on a Friday, came back and we were really struggling for a page three and we said to the magazine, well, what, have you got anything this, this week? So I was just... Um, one of the photographers has just been out doing a photo shoot with Sally Burke. I don't know if she said anything interesting or here are the pics... And there she was in nothing but a bedsheet,
1: <laughs> which caused
2: quite a stir, as you can imagine. And, um, well, we had our page three, let's put it that way. In fact, I ended up in a very heated argument. I want to put it on the front. I don't get that picture on the front. We didn't. We held off. Everyone else uh, justified my argument by putting it on the front and their uh, papers yeah. on the Saturday. Um, but so, so they're this really sort of colourful um, couple. I mean, John is quite visible around Westminster. He... I w- w- many years ago, uh, just after he became speaker, went into the Cardinal pub, which I think has changed its name now, near Westminster, and he was there um, at the bar, uh, his little legs swinging, bless him, on the bar stool, uh, reading the New Statesman. There we are. Uh, says it all, I think, about John Burkow. But um, as a political move this week, w- where do you stand on it? Was it men um, as a, 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 a sort of wrecking ball for for? Um, for Theresa May's plan, or was... Because this is very... I think the Prime Minister called it arcane. This is a very old rule.
0: But all our rules are old. That's the problem yeah. with not having a codified constitution. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think it was a political move. Right. I really don't, because Tromboko has a history of upholding the interests of the House. Mm.
2: And certainly the traditions and rules of the House. is a real stickler for that.
0: Yeah, you know, that's... I don't think that's new for him. I think the reason it seems like a political move is the timing, but I kind of take that as a bit of a coincidence.
2: Right. I mean, I think I think what he's been, ve- and he's, he really has brought the government up, and, and I got very vexed about this time last year about the Tories basically ignoring opposition days and things like yeah. that. Look, and
0: part of his role is to challenge the executive.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and love him or loathe him, and I think, I think I would probably say I've got mixed feelings yeah. on on John Burka. but he, he has done that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, but this intervention, a lot of people say that he is, and it got a lot of stick in the press this week, especially from the right wing media, of course, um, that he is fame hungry and desperate to get the attention on him, all those um, you know jibes and the theat- uh, theatricals and, and things from the speaker's chair. It, again, is that just something, is that just of his character, or do you agree that he like, maybe likes the limelight like, a bit too much?
0: I don't think he likes it too much. I'm not going to say he doesn't like it, but I think that's true of many a politician. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's not a role you go into to be, a, <laughs> to be a... for ugly people. ...to retiring wallflower, is it? No, um quite. But he, he, I think he does like the limelight. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that if it's not being taken too far. And I don't think it is being taken too far at this stage.
2: So, um, how will history, do you think, view the Speaker...
0: I think that history will view the speaker quite favourably. Uh-huh. These are rules that have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. I think, in the same way that history is not going to view Theresa May favourably. Uh-huh. The reflection of that is that anyone who isn't Theresa May and is trying to challenge her is going to come off pretty well.
2: And I think that through all this, what I, what I genuinely hope is that there is not a lasting damage to our parliamentary democracy. Yeah, exactly. And, and certainly I think it is fair to say that he has stood up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and everyone has got their fair say. And he, he is fairly even-handed, I think, with giving time and and also you know when it is a particularly... Uh, lively session, you know, he's just as quick to, to tell Labour to button it as he is to tell the Tories. Yeah, uh, he's really
0: popular as well with um, kind of MPs that have got, got kids, actually, for uh-huh. making Parliament a bit more family-friendly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He's told quite a few of them that if they're to lose their seats, for example, they can keep using the House of Commons crash. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. things like that, I know it seems like a little thing, but these are big things for Absolutely,
2: people. big things for people, absolutely. OK, so John Burkow from Tory... From from extreme right-wing mm-hmm. Tory to man who might just have collapsed Theresa May's Tory Brexit. Thanks, Jerry. Brexiteer of the Week. Welcome back, Steve. In this week, this incredible week, you still have to crown a Brexiteer of the Week. Please, could you do that now?
3: I do. I'm going to start with Leo McKinstry. Oh, you yeah. might remember, yeah, we used to call him the Brexit Dalek oh, because... Yeah. <laughs> Because he writes for the Daily Express, and everything that he writes can normally be read out in the voice of a Dalek, Mm. and it Mm. sounds totally plausible. Yeah, and our friend the Dalek. This week he does uh, that on our behalf. That's right. This week he's 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 had a bit of a conversion. This was before it all kicked off, in so I think normal service will probably be resumed. But he said the country's been exasperated rather than bitterly divided. It could be argued that our democracy has been invigorated by the intensity of the national debate. Mm. Rumbustious discussion is an indicator of a vibrant political system and only a totalitarian regime can introduce contentious policies without discord. And, Mm. I mean, it's... It's a oh. remarkably con- conciliatory tone, isn't it, yeah, from yeah. Leo McKinstry? I think he's got
2: a decent sub editor.
3: Because I've got, <laughs> well, maybe somebody's <laughs> had a word, because I've got our friend the real Dalek yeah. to read out some of the things that he said in the past about well Cloaking their bitterness, marinated in their federalist ideology, and gripped by contempt for the public will,
2: exterminate the remainers. Exterminate. Did he actually exter? Did you actually say exterminate? Yeah, the remainers? he definitely wrote. Did it. exterminate yeah, yeah. the remainers. Exterminate. That was the headline. Wasn't it? That was the headline.
3: <laughs> Roger Daltrey next. Brexit who? loving who? <laughs> um, no. uh, the Brexit loving who singer? He's seventy-four years old. Roger Daltrey. Mm, uh, he sure plays a mean pinball and he was on Sky News and he swore at Bethany Meynell, what? lovely Bethany Meynell, did he say? Uh, she asked him, she said is leaving the EU going to affect British band's ability to tour in Europe and he said I can't do the accent, he said oh dear no he didn't, he said (laughs) oh dear, as if we didn't tour Europe before the f***ing EU, I'll give it up then he walked off camera for a minute. Then he came back and he said, "If you want to be signed up to be ruled by a fucking mafia, you do it. It's like being governed with FIFA." And the weird what? thing, the weird FIFA? thing, he mentioned FIFA, but he, what he didn't, the, the, again, the optics very strange because he mentioned how horrible it would be to be being governed by FIFA. <laughs> But he was standing in the middle of Wembley Stadium, (coughs) which is owned by the FA, who are governed by FIFA. And he was announcing that the Who are doing a a big gig there, aren't they? they? On July the 6th. I think it's sort of a final, 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 final farewell tour of the the Who. I
2: I didn't see the Who in the 60s because I wasn't born. I would have liked to, but I ain't going to pay to see them now.
3: Um, The Musicians' Union, obviously, whose 30,000 members don't all have trout farms like Roger Daltrey does. Um, they continue to say that Brexit is going to be a disaster for Mm. bands who want to tour Europe. Um, And it's still pleading with the government to introduce the EU touring visa so musicians can travel uh, freely and easily uh, in the EU. And bizarrely, since Roger Daltrey said this and said we never had any trouble touring Europe in the 1960s, it's been discovered that The Who tried to go to the Netherlands for the second time in May 1966 but they had to cancel their tour because they couldn't get work permits in time. Is that right? And without this touring visa, work permits are the thing that touring bands are going to have to get. Um, Tim Martin, another old friend. Tim Martin, old friend of the podcast. Uh, great Financial Times profile of Tim Martin yes, he's last Yes, very good, weekend. very good. Really good reading, yeah, a, yeah. A, a great piece. And an amazing um, uh, interaction between uh, Tim Martin, who, of course, is the boss of, boss of Weatherspoon's uh, part-time uh, Father Jack impersonator, <laughs> and... Uh, he's at the uh, Royal Victoria Pub in Ramsgate which is a weather and he is talking with Idiko Kovacs who's a 34-year-old Hungarian uh, she's the kitchen manager at the Royal Victoria in Ramsgate and she uh, the three of them the two the two of them are sitting down with this financial times reporter and idiko kovacs says i can confidently say i love my job uh, i'm not going to go back unless i get kicked out i guess and tim martin Laughingly, laughing uneasily, says, well, who can see into the future? Uh, and another great bit... The, oh, <laughs> it's not exactly what you want to hear from Spags your boss, is it? <laughs> um, and he also said... Uh, he also talked about how the NHS had saved his life last October. He got rushed into hospital with a burst appendix. The NHS... Oh saved his life, and they sort of said, well, what's your take of the uh, NHS, on the NHS? And he said, "Uh, it's too much the sacred cow, and it doesn't get the scrutiny it should, which is fantastic uh, for something that has uh, saved your life. Uh, So thanks for that. But the Brexiteer of the Week is Ray (laughs) Winstone, innit? Uh, Ray Winstone, and he is, this has gone pretty much under the radar, but Ray Winstone is predicting an uprising if Brexit should fall right he was on bbc news he said what the, odds can he give me he that? said the country <laughs> voted to leave the country by the way voted to leave <laughs> you get in uprising uh, bets that's right. democracy then you leave now they're talking about having another vote i think there'll be a rebellion mm. and it is really exciting mm. to imagine in it a load of old yellow jackets and march to leavers all in Parliament Square, and then Ray Winstone's disembodied head floats all over them, and he screams, <laughs> "It's in play now! It's in play now!" And they all start, yeah, they all start having a yeah. little riot. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, the sooner those adverts are banned, the better. I that's think that's
3: right. Yeah, and but Ray Winstone's tips have always done well in the past. There was a survey in 2013 of 25. Suggested wages—the last twenty-five suggested wages mm-hmm. that had come up in Ray Winstone's bet three six five—it's in play now. Adverts, yeah. yeah, yeah. And how many won out of oh, the twenty-five? All,
2: all of them, absolutely no, yeah, without a shadow of a doubt.
3: It was one. Oh. one out of twenty-five. Uh, you can't—they can't do those adverts anymore, can they? Have they banned those? Uh, they, they have banned those adverts. What? Have they, I,
2: I'm sure I watched some football the other night and they were on.
3: Well, maybe it hasn't quite
2: gone through yet.
3: Yeah, maybe it's not quite gone
2: through but yet. But you're right. I think that you're quite right that the government is upset with Ray and his like.
3: Yeah. But Ray Winstone is the Brexiteer of the week. We need to say some thank yous. With his snooker ball in a sock. That's, <laughs> he'll be there, won't he? The, he'll be at the head of the rebellion. Well, indeed. Oh, that a soul. tool. Can you stop swearing? No. <laughs> it's, I... it's enough to make a saint swear, this Brexit <laughs> malarkey.
2: We need to say some thank yous because are, there are some saints out there. Yes, there, there are. Because uh, they. St Geraldine
3: of Scott. <laughs> yes.
2: <laughs> the patron saint of Ginger. <laughs> uh, we have got uh, three new um, people who've joined our ranks as, as remain oh. heroes. So they went to
3: steadyhq.com. Uh, they searched for the new European. And if you do that, steadyhq.com search for The New European, you can um, help support our work to stop Brexit. You can give us a certain uh, a, a amount of money. Um, there are various bands. You get various bits of merch uh, off the back of it. It's a really great thing uh, to do. It will help us keep going and fighting Brexit. So thank you to these peeps. Joanna Bailey. Thank you, Joanna. Emma Cordingly. Thank you, Emma. And John Futcher. She should be a lever, shouldn't she? Leave her accordingly. <laughs> and John Futcher, thank you, John. Thank you to all of you.
2: You are all going straight to remain heaven when the time comes. Not quite yeah, right, right now. Not right now,
3: no. When the time comes. Um, and we will see you there. Yeah. And we also hope to see you there when we do our great live gig. That's right. April the 7th, The
2: Light in London. Get your tickets now, www.podcastlive.com. Single tickets if you just want to see us, and why wouldn't you, at £12... Add a five or maybe tenner to that for the pub afterwards for yeah. a round, uh, for, just for me and Steve. Yeah, and um, actually, it's London. Add 50 quid to that for the round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it not matter. We'll go Sega World. Oh, we can't go Sega no, World. We it's can't closed go Oh, you can get a day pass for 30 pounds, which means you get to see some other okay pods. Yeah, Romaniacs,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. So, uh, Sophie Ridge, <laughs> yeah. uh, BBC Brexit cast thing. Uh, thingy <laughs> uh, and others and tracy emin who's going to do me a bit of art
3: yeah disappointingly competent podcasts we, we <laughs> call them.
2: if you want 10 percent off you can go to the podcast uh, go to podcastlive.com and use the offer code europe 10 that's europe one zero yeah europe 10 And that will be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we've
3: got Andrew Adonis with us. Of course, Lord Adonis will be
2: there. Yeah. Uh, We're going to set him some tasks live on stage. Are we? Yeah, we're going to get him. Brilliant. We're going to see if we can beat the World Record for eating cream crackers. (laughs) With Lord Adonis. (laughs) Yeah, and we're going to interview him while he's doing burpees. Brilliant. Excellent. It's It's going
3: to be good. It is going to be good. We will
2: see you there. Uh,
3: Meanwhile, you could also um, follow the uh, new European can um on facebook yes uh, join our facebook readers group you can uh, follow the new european on twitter at the new european you can follow me on twitter at sanglesey s-a-n-g-l-e-s-e-y or you can follow me at porridge porri
2: that was the new european podcast thank you ever so much for listening it means the absolute world to us you are joined by an ever-growing audience of listeners. And we hope that some of you will come along and say hi at the Podcast Live event, www.podcastlive.com. Buy your tickets now. Come along and see us and others, if you so wish. The paper is out now. It's a stonker. It's £2.50. It has got tons of politics, tons of Brexit, lots of great art and culture as well. We will be back next week on Brexit Day, or perhaps not. But until then, Mr Campbell, please... Play your bagpipes. Here you go.